Ghouls, and welcome to another episode of my Haunted Life Podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartcharn. How is everyone doing today? I hope you're making the time to take care of yourself. I know that's one of the things I am personally the worst at. For me, self-care is my work, and in particular, the podcast, because it's fun. Which, I know, isn't the point, but this week and all of next month are going to be a little bit crazy, so here's my fun. (laughs) This week, I've been immensely busy working on getting our next ghost hunt up and going. We're going to have a live function for those that can't be with us physically. The group admins will be facilitating a virtual ghost box session in the room where we got the most activity last time. So I'm excited about that. If you want to join, go check out the Patreon page and sign up. We have a few podcast listeners attending in person, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Some faces, well voices, I guess, that you might recognize from previous shows. Today, I have a rather fun podcast for you. Today, I talked to Michelle Casalio from the Oddities and Curiosities Expo, a very wonderful traveling event that showcases strange and unusual vendors of all kinds. It's awesome. Uh, Yours truly is frequently one of these vendors. And this year I'll be in New Orleans, Richmond, Chicago, Salt Lake City, Las Vegas, Denver, and Portland. And I'm telling you right now, I am setting up podcasts in all of those places while I'm there. Because why not? So... Today we talk about the expo, what got Michelle started with oddities, and she tells us about the very strange case of a real life, um, technically very dead oddity. The man turned bank robber, turned sideshow attraction, turned haunted house prop, Elmer McCurdy. This story has so many twists in it, it's insane. Uh, quick sidebar, I mentioned during the podcast a local store that is kind of similar to Elmer McCurdy. I have been researching this since Maya and Michelle's conversation, and it's been kind of difficult, but I'm going to start documenting my findings on this on the TikTok and on the Facebook group. Not sure if I'll ever have enough for a podcast about him, but it's a fun side project, so if you want to follow along, check that out. So let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea, make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. All right, today I am on with Michelle Casalio, 
who is a part owner and curator of the Oddities and Curiosities Expo, a traveling event showcasing vendors from all over the country with all things strange, unusual, and bizarre. Hello, Michelle. How are you today, dear? I am doing great, Angela. Thanks for chatting with me today. I'm so excited. I realized... um, about a year ago, almost to the day, we did uh, uh, the oddities video together oh, where you were yeah, doing I mean, the vendor videos. Yeah. And it made me really happy. I was like, oh, hey, that's cool. Um, yeah, things are much better now. <laughs> yes, yes. So how, how did, uh, let, let's just go into it. What is, what is the Oddities and Curiosities Expo? Yeah, well, kind of like you said, um, we showcase vendors from all over the country with all things strange, unusual, bizarre, creepy, horror, um, kind of on the spectrum of just weird. And we really try to have something weird for everyone. I think that's really important. So we can attract, you know, the attendees that are actual oddities collectors. And then the attendees are just like, oh, you know, that sounds weird. Or I like Halloween. I want to go check it out. So, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we are and what we do. That's awesome. How, how did you get started in this? Uh, well, it's kind of like a, it's a silly story because <laughs> my husband and I, We've been organizing events before the Oddities and Curiosities Expo for years. I mean, since 2013. Oh, wow. Um, at just smaller events where we live in Tulsa. And, um, you know, mainly they were kind of focused around music, um, events selling like records and alternative clothing. Fun. Um, we had Oddities vendors, uh, art, you know, stuff like that. It was just kind of like an offbeat, alternative culture style events. So we were doing that for a long time. And... The Oddities and Curiosities Expo was kind of just born because I, as a collector myself, I was just like, well, I wonder, like, what if there was an event that was just focusing on that side of what we do? So maybe just like the creepy Halloween um, oddities style vendors. And to be honest, I thought it wasn't going to be as big as our other events that we used to do. Um, I, I was like, it'll probably be much smaller, but it would be fun if we just focused on like, how about just creepy? That's it. No music, which is what we normally did. Mm-hmm. And instead, <laughs> it blew up. And the first show that we did in Tulsa was, you know, a couple thousand people came. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That's bigger than what I was doing. And it just really, it snowballed from there. And so I took, like, my interest in it. And I was like, well, let's just dive in head first and see if other people are interested in something like this. And they were... <laughs> Wow, because how how many shows around the country do you guys have now? Well, this year we scheduled 26, and I kind of went into knowing, like, they wouldn't all happen. I was just, like, you know, last year with everything getting canceled, we had 22 scheduled, and we only got to have four. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm rescheduling all of those, and then I'm just going to add some more, some new cities, and just see what we can make happen safely, of course. So we've had some cancellations, but I still think we'll end up having a good amount this year. Um, I just kind of went into it accepting that it just wasn't going to be like normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's turned out great so far. So I'm just going to try to do what we can and what we can't we'll do next year. So I look forward to 2022 being, you know, <laughs> back to normal. <laughs> normal. <laughs> exactly. I hope so. I sure hope so. Uh, one thing I do want to point out, because I know a lot of people are still very nervous about going to big events. Yeah. Uh, I just did the Dallas Oddity show with you guys, 
and you guys are so on it, like you're making sure everybody's wearing masks and you're making sure there's hand sanitizer everywhere. And uh, one of the things me and a couple of the other vendors were discussing is it just seems like the community is a little bit more willing to be like, I want to go, I'll wear a mask kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, the, the demographic that we pull on the community that we pull to our types of events, I mean, the majority of those people are 100% okay with wearing a mask, mm-hmm. you know, trying to social distance as much as possible. I mean, really, it's up to each person. You know, if you don't feel comfortable standing closer to a person shopping, then just stand back a little bit. You know, it's like as long as everyone's washing their hands, using the sanitizer stations, then, I mean, then it, it's been going well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say my husband and I kind of talk after each show and it's kind of like less than 5% of people who attend are, you know, unhappy with having to wear a mask or something like that. And so if 95% of the people coming are doing what we're asking them to and not even being asked, you know, they're happy to wear a mask just to be able to come and support artists, then I think that's a win. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, it's awesome. I, I was, I was nervous especially yeah. going to Texas, not going to lie, because oh, yeah. <laughs> they just lifted everything. And it was it was such a nice feeling to be out doing it again. But everybody was, again, very safe and respectful and wonderful. And I definitely feel like that falls on you guys and your staff for being awesome and on top of it. So I just want to make sure if anybody has a chance to go to one of these shows, go. They do a really good job making sure the community in general is safe. Thank you. I I try. I had a lot of time to think about it, so uh, oh. I'm glad to be able to implement it this year and, and try to, you know, have, have them safely happen with a limited capacity and still vendors be able to make money again. So Yeah, I was shocked. I was very happy. Uh, I'll, Good. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I, I will not complain whatsoever. Um. So what got you into like I know we talked about how you got into the shows but is there anything in particular that just awakened your sense like your love of oddities and creepy and weird kind of thing well I mean both Tony and I grew up in in to the punk community so for years I've always been interested in alternative culture in general um you know it's like I've have always been really involved in the music community and booking shows. And, you know, Tony and I also book a festival and own a record store. And so it really just kind of was like hand in hand. Um, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I've always been weird, uh, you know, <laughs> colored hair and tattoos and stuff. So, so it was really just like, it just evolved. Like my, uh, you know, like collecting records and collecting just music memorabilia or just music stuff in general, just kind of morphed into collecting oh like uh like that's gold coal or you know like I'm gonna put studs on my jacket or you know (laughs) it's just like it just like evolved honestly just from like growing up into punk and just alternative culture anyway I mean that makes sense uh uh, you mentioned skulls and I wanted to ask you about this the picture you sent me for the episode cover what's the story behind that skull because it looks like a real skull yeah, yeah, it is. It's a real, it's a real human skull. Um, I, I can't remember where I got that one specifically. <laughs> um, I have, I have a few. Um, I, <laughs> I love it. Like my own. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I do like collect human skulls, and so I have a few, and that was just 
one I grabbed and it's got a like beautiful patina so it's yeah it's all like kind of dark all, all throughout it so it's it's pretty creepy looking no it's a great picture everybody <laughs> will have to check out the picture but I'm like that looks real I have to ask it is <laughs> um we were talking about the community what is like your favorite part of the community and that shops and vends at the shows if there's like one to, thing to narrow it down to to put you on it's the spot. It's super hard. I, like, like, it's difficult to answer because it's just like, to every show, I almost like, it sounds silly, but I almost like get emotional because of how like awesome people are. Like they're really supportive and all the vendors are really awesome and everyone likes the same stuff and everyone can talk and get along. And I mean, just like whenever people attend and I get comments and messages after like, telling me that I've never felt so comfortable at a place before around people into the same stuff as me. I didn't even know these people existed or something like that. It just like, you know, it just makes me really happy. So I think it's just like being able to like pull people together and find and and like kind of invite them in to meet other people that are into the same things. I don't know that doesn't even really answer the question, but I think it's like so hard to explain because it's just like, it, it's awesome. It's just bringing everyone together. is just awesome. No, I feel like that totally makes sense. Cause I know I've made like lasting friendships with people who are fellow vendors at the show and we try to travel together now and we do dinners and it's yeah. literally like a family atmosphere. And I feel like the attendees feel similar because, I mean, I see all the tags, people tag their friends, like, it's coming back, or this is my yearly Mm -hmm. tradition, or, you know, like, me and my family go, or me and my friends always go, and it's just, like, a safe place for them all to come, and it's okay that you're weird, or you're different, or, you know, you're discovering your new favorite artist, along with someone else who had no idea this artist existed, or something, so, Yeah. Uh, I I mean, me being me, I sell the witchcraft and the hair, uh, the witch hats and everything. I get a lot of, like, first-time new witches in the booth. And it always makes me so happy because, like, for, like, Denver now, because I've done Denver a couple times, I'll have those youngins come back and yeah. check in. And it's just so sweet. And there is a weird, like, freak flag flying mentality to, I feel like, the whole show. And it's... It's really a wonderful show. Speaking, I have to say this, a lot of these questions actually came from my buddy, uh, Rachel Powell, who is the Pickety Witch. Oh, yeah. So, the you get to blame her for some of these. <laughs> That's okay. I'm happy to talk. Uh, and one of her, her last question, uh, any funny slash memorable moments that stick out from last year's? Lost, lost years. Past years. <laughs> well, We're gonna go with past years. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's so it's it. That's also a hard question because every city is different. So we have like myself and our staff have like so much fun in every city, and we all like have our you know our fun setting up and tearing down and getting all the vendor booths set up before everyone gets in there and all the vendors get there too. So I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's always fun. And it's all like, we always leave with funny stories or just silly stuff that our <laughs> staff getting into, you know, it's, it's, it's always nice. Um, I miss, I miss having like performers and stuff at the shows because that was always like a fun, memorable thing, you know, like a funny performance or someone, you know, 
swallowing a sword and then making some scared attendee pull it out of their throat or something, you know? <laughs> it's like, those, that's always fun. But, um, yeah, it's a know. difficult question because there's always memories being made and always funny situations happening. So I'll leave it at that. Oh. <laughs> I know my first Denver show, you guys had um, somebody who was doing, like, the hook suspension. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, one of my favorite things was this woman who was very unprepared and like turned at the corner right when they like lifted him up and she screamed bloody murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean everything was fine, but it like very shocking. Yeah. Just it's shocking. Her. I mean, people have passed out. Just like they're like, Oh, oh. I'm fine, I'm totally fine just watching this and they'll just like <laughs> out I mean they're always fine they're, they come to oh, just like no. a second later but maybe they don't they don't realize that like seeing blood or or something like that that can like oh. some people don't like that at all we always try to shove the suspension kind of in a corner mm-hmm. so you can skip it if you want to but yeah we, I mean we probably have someone pass out like at least a few times a year oh, <laughs> they're wow. always laughing after and they're like wow I didn't realize that was gonna bother me <laughs> like be careful please oh man I'm like yeah what do you do like hold them or yeah well I mean a lot of times like something like that someone's passing out just like for an instant like they're just and then they're back like immediately I oh. mean I don't think I've ever had to actually call an ambulance for anyone because they're just immediately back and then they're like oh that was weird <laughs> or you know and they're fine but you know we always have like IMSA on site yeah know, it's a requirement with all the venues and stuff too so of course if that something bad ever happened there's someone right there, but, um, oh. it's always funny cause they're, most people are always like really lighthearted about it. And they're like, wow, I just passed out because I saw someone get pierced through their back. <laughs> and they're, just, they're just laughing about it. They're like, sorry about that. Oh man. Yeah. I'm just like, I didn't have my glasses on, so I didn't, couldn't see what was happening. I'm like, oh, he's doing something. That's cool. And my friend Sonia's like, they're like, no. oh, oh, no, no they're <laughs> No, he's, he's literally pierced in the back. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's what's going on. Okay, but yeah, it was hilarious. So today we're just going to randomly talk about some famous weird oddities stuff, historically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you had one. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I can't remember so- his name. His name is Elmer McCurdy. <laughs> Which is like the best name of all time. The best name, yes, especially for this story. Um, yeah, because like you had brought it up to me before we did this. And I was like, that sounds so familiar. And I did a little bit more. I did some research on it. And I was like, yep. I mean, this totally happened in Oklahoma originally, which is where I'm from. So I had heard about this story through some history books. I even talked to my dad about it yesterday. Oh, fine. And uh, yeah, and he, he had read, you know, he already knew about it and stuff, too. So it's a, it's a pretty pretty weird, weird story for old Elmer. And it, um, it, the thing that gets me is I think there's an episode of Bones based off of it. I think there's an episode of, like, Law and Order based off of his case. There's, like, <laughs> it's such a weird thing. I think the Bones one is what made me look it up. And I was like, oh, oh. And of course, you know, yeah, it's just like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, so some background on Elmer. Um, So basically, this guy was a kind of like a bank and a train robber. 
um, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Seemed like nobody liked this guy. I mean, he robbed everybody. And eventually he was killed. I think it was, uh, looks like 1911. And when he was killed, he went to a funeral home in Oklahoma. And I think, I think it was like they didn't want to release his body because no one was going to pay for it. You know, they embalmed him and all that using arsenic like they did back yeah. in the, you know, early 1900s. And so they didn't want to release his body. And eventually they just started displaying his body and people were paying like a nickel to see this like embalmed guy. And I think they were kind of dubbing it as like the bandit who wouldn't give up. And it was just like his embalmed body. I mean, that's kind of a cool name. Not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay, like pretty cool, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, And I think that went on for like quite a while too. People were still paying a nickel to see this guy. And I think the funeral home was getting their money and, They were fine with it. Eventually, um, I think someone called and said that they were a relative and they wanted to get his body back and bury it, you know. So the funeral home sells the body to, or I don't think they sell it. I think they give the body to this family member who turns out is not a family member. (laughs) He's a guy who owns a traveling carnival. Oh, (laughs) no. Poor Elmer. He, um... He ends up being displayed in this traveling carnival for quite some time. Um, I want to say he was uh, displayed in the Museum of Crime w- within this carnival. So he was kind of just, again, just being displayed. And people were just showing up as like a sideshow and checking out his, his body. Um, pretty creepy. Yeah. Uh, then <laughs> it gets weirder, Angela. It gets weirder. I love it. Um, <laughs> Then this guy who is in a sideshow now for a while. Um, let's see. I think that was until throughout the 20s and into the 40s. He was still in a traveling sideshow. So, so for 20 years. Is he, he has to be like decomposing and getting kind of nasty, mummified at least. You would think. And, you know, I actually did some further research on that because I was like, why wasn't someone like this is this is getting gross. Yeah. So they embalmed him, you know, in the early 1900s, they used arsenic, which apparently extremely preserves your body. Oh, so his body was, it was decaying, but it was almost, it was like shrinking and getting smaller, which I think people were finding to be even better for the sideshow aspect of this. Uh... Yeah. So then the owner of the carnival, he ends up dying in 1949 and Elmer's body just gets put into storage till I want to say 1960s. And then in the 1960s, he ends up becoming like a prop um, alongside some other wax figurines, like in the movie industry, um, I think TV shows, movie industries. He was just, he was basically just a prop um, alongside other wax figurines. I think oh, you no. might know where this is going. <laughs> oh, no. This guy, as he deteriorate, deteriorates over time, becomes to look waxy, like a wax figurine, like all of his other surrounding figurines. Oh, no. Um, over time, and let's see, I wrote down the date because it was so long. In 1976, someone found his body... 
it was being used as a prop in a funhouse exhibit and they were filming in the funhouse for a movie i think his body was just it was hanging it was just like a creepy prop in the background somebody hit it oh the arm falls off and realize holy shit this is a real person so i i what i'm assuming and from what i could find basically after the 1940s when the carnival business guy died and he was put into storage nobody realized that this was actually a real person they still thought that elmer mccurdy's body was a wax figurine oh god yeah so how many <laughs> children were screaming at this real dead body hanging oh. in the sunhouse for how many years basically oh no oh no <laughs> I know. Um, after that, though, uh, after it was discovered and they did some like actual like forensic testing and found out, oh, wow, this is Elmer McCurdy. He died a really long time ago. Uh, I think a family member actually did end up taking his body and burying him in 1977. And he's back in Oklahoma, where I live in Guthrie, just a couple hours from me. And he, he actually is, is finally buried, but he had quite the journey. And I just can't believe that Nobody realized that he was an actual, real dead body. But he had shrunk. Like, I I saw that he had shrunk, like, so much. And he looked so waxy because of how he was embalmed that it never actually, like, he was never, like, fully decomposing. He was just, like, mummified. Yeah, because he does. He looks like like a mummy is the best way. Yeah. Oh, and I, I just think it's one of those things that, you can't imagine it being a real body kind of yeah. thing. Ugh. And then turns out, wow, that's a real body. So I I do love the story. Um, there's tons of, you know, other little details in there that it's just like, what? How how did how did this even happen to this guy? Ugh. And how did he end up from dying in nineteen eleven? He ended up hanging in a funhouse. In 1976, where people thought he was a wax mannequin. That... And it's one of those weird things, because it's... The the becoming a, you know, funhouse dummy, for sure, is different. But, like, the embalming and the keeping of the bodies for display was not, like... I wouldn't say it was a regular practice, but this isn't, like, a one-time thing. Like... Uh, where I live here in Manitou, we have our own quote-unquote Dr. Frankenstein kind of thing. And it was, um, I want to say it was like a bank robber or something like that. Of course, can I find the story now? No. Um, but it, uh, same thing. He just kept embalming this body out there because nobody wanted to pay for costs. And finally... Uh, he didn't embalm him very well. Uh, so he just kept rotting in the coffin, like, outside of his doctor's office. Yikes. And eventually, like, the townspeople, I guess, complain and he buried the body. Yeah. And then my mind also goes to, like, Burke and Hare. Because when, I think it's Burke, uh, when he was finally caught and executed... He's skinned and is on display in the Edinburgh Museum. And they, like, made his book or his body. Or they took his skin 
and made it into like the leather of a book and stuff. And they have all this on display kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's so weird. <laughs> like I find it, I find it to be really intriguing. Um, but it's just so, it, it's just so crazy to, to think about. And it's also very sad Yeah, it's, you know, despite, you know, Elmer, McCurdy being a train robber, a bank robber, (laughs) and an all-around sounds like kind of an asshole. You know, he didn't really totally deserve to end up being, you know, mistaken for a wax figurine for years and years. But, uh, you know, that's what happened. Is he the one that they have, like, a big, I don't know, uh, has a big, like, concrete slab on him now? I'm not sure. Because I know there, I don't know if it was him. Again, there's a lot of these stories with weird bodies in carnival shows that after they buried him, they kept, people kept trying to go in and dig him back up. Oh. And so No, I didn't read that, but it's like a I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt if that's true. Um, people yeah. are strange. Yeah, yeah. People are strange. I mean, that, that sounds likely because you know just the the spooky story of it in general and people wanting to try to take them up again maybe put them somewhere on display (laughs) just to scare other people but um yeah I mean it's a it's quite interesting another name that I saw that I thought was at least you know sounded pretty cool besides the the bandit who wouldn't give up was the embalmed bandit oh and I that's what the last one was whenever at the very end of him being in like the traveling sideshow is that's what they were billing him as like, you know, the embalmed bandit. And I thought that was at least a pretty cool name. <laughs> I mean, I think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> My big question though, is if you had a chance to buy our dear McCurdy friend and take him around to expos, would you? I don't think I would. I don't think I would because, yeah, I don't know. They, you know, as a as someone who actually has human skulls, mm-hmm. all of these people donated their body to science. Yes. So there's that. So I have nothing but respect for the dead. So I would probably not not lug old Elmer around with us uh, just because that's not what he asked for. Uh, He was killed pretty tragically. Um, He was just shot in, I want to say the head or the chest uh, when he, but he was in the middle of a robbery. So, um, you know, can't be robbing people. Yeah. But, um, but you know, so pretty tragic, but really I think it's good that he finally got laid to rest even if it took like over 60 years to do so. Oh man. But I'm sure a lot of people had um, pleasure at least from seeing him in the carnival days and, you know, getting to experience the cl- a very classic sideshow. Oh um, yeah. Embalmed bandit. <laughs> the embalmed bandit. <laughs> it's just it's just fun to say. I know. <laughs> and it's actually pretty cool. It's a, it's a pretty cool name, so at least Elmer had that going for him he he went down infamously in history probably not the way he wanted to but you know we we still talk about him 
Yes, yes. Probably not the way that he envisioned. Um, but but still, never, you know, nonetheless, he, he is famous in his days. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, now if you ever go through there again, you have to, like, visit the cemetery and see oh, if you can't sure. find him. For sure. I've been to Guthrie, Oklahoma, like, so many times. It's the old capital of Oklahoma before Oklahoma City was. It's, like, the very, very old capital that okay. Oklahoma was uh, discovered. So I've been there a lot. It's, like, a very cute town, just super cute. It's pretty far from me. It's a couple hours, I guess. But next time, definitely, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to have to get a photo yes. with Homer. Yes. Because, yeah, he had a, he had a tough afterlife yes he did. i'm just I, I have this horrible image of like his ghost following his body like to each stop and just being like so exhausted and like oh my god yeah he's like i probably shouldn't have robbed all these people <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well thank you so much michelle for being on i can't wait to see you again i never get to talk to you at shows it's so I busy. I try. I try to make it around to talk to everybody, but it's it's difficult. And nowadays, I'm constantly just walking around, you know, making sure people are wearing their masks and stuff. So I'm pretty busy, fluttering all over the place, being like, "Put your mask on, please. Put your mask on." <laughs> so I'll try to come over and say hi next at the next show you're at. Well, we'll see. I, I I never expect like you or Tony or Deidre to be ever have time to say anything other than "Here's your badges. Have fun." <laughs> Well, but that's just how it goes. But thank you so much for being on. If you go through Guthrie, I want a picture. Sure. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be down there, but you know, although next year I want to do Tulsa because everybody keeps talking about how wonderful Tulsa is. Yeah, Tulsa's great. I highly recommend doing the show. I'm biased. I love Tulsa, though, even if people are like, what? What's in Tulsa? It's a cool city. I'm excited. Oh, real quick. Uh, I mentioned this before we were filming. Um, what is Boulevard of Trash? Okay. <laughs> okay. So Boulevard Trash is is our record store. Um, so Tony and I opened up a record store in 2015. Um, closed for a couple years. Now we're back open. Nice. Um, it's just like a punk, metal, hardcore, rock and roll record store. Has clothing, records, um, jewelry some oddities all kinds of stuff it's it's a fun little spot um it's the only store like it in tulsa uh, really in oklahoma there's not another just punk record store oh wow um and then as you mentioned before we started recording uh for the oddities we we had all of our trash first before we started the oddities and curiosities expo and to do the it's different you know it's like obviously it's a different type of business Mm -hmm. so we have Boulevard Trash Entertainment, which is our entertainment company that is for our events. So that's why you see Boulevard Trash Entertainment on your invoices. But Boulevard Trash, just Boulevard Trash is a record store. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I've been meaning to ask for many years. <laughs> <laughs> I just pay it. I don't know. She said that I just pay it. Yeah, I yeah. trust you. It came from you. I'm not too worried. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what we do in our downtime when we're not with the Oddities and Curiosities Expo. We are busy with our record store, and then we also own a screen printing studio, too. So we're busy with that as well, but that's called Boomtown Printing. So that's a different, whole different thing. I'm just tired listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it's, 
pretty it's pretty exhausting, but I love it. So that's awesome. I'm 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 so excited that we got to make this work and I got to see you again. At least just as long as we get like a one nice talk a year, I'm very happy with that. Yeah, I same. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that uh, I will see you at the next show, which I think is New Orleans for me. Awesome. You know, I find out I think tomorrow if we'll be able to go there. Fingers crossed. They say the venue says they think it'll work out. So I think yes. so. The governor is supposed to announce something tomorrow. So yes, cross your fingers. Well, we'll do. <laughs> uh, we'll I mean, I've already planned on it. I have a friend already helping. I'm like, we're all ready to go. Perfect. Yeah, I'm oh. really looking forward to it. I love that city. So I'm, I'm so hoping excited. it works out. I'm so excited because yeah, there's a whole bunch of us vendors going to get together there too so uh i'm so excited so i will talk to you later dear i know you're busy you need to go but have fun and i will talk to you later sounds good thank you bye bye Michelle Cazalio from Oddities and Curiosities Expo for being on the show today. If you get a chance to go to an expo show, do so. You get to support small business owners of the weird and the strange, and it's honestly wonderful. Uh, it looks like their next show is in Little Rock, Arkansas this weekend, May 29th. And then in Austin, a couple weeks after that, it looks like they have a show almost every two weeks-ish. So definitely go check out their calendar, see when they are near you. And make sure you come and see me in New Orleans, which is officially a go. Richmond, Chicago, Salt Lake City, Las Vegas, Denver, and Portland. You can find all the shows and any information on them you might need at odditiesandcuriositiesexpo.com. If you have a ghost story to share, don't forget to drop me a line at myhauntedlifepodcast at gmail.com. If you would, if you like what you hear and want to support the show, please subscribe to the Patreon page. Podcasting is surprisingly time-consuming with all the research, mostly the research, tech issues, and scheduling. It just adds up. You can support the show for as little as $2 a month. It's not a lot, but it goes a long way for me. Plus, don't forget the ghost hunt tomorrow. It's going to be fun. I am so excited about that. So make sure to hop on to the Patreon, My Haunted Life podcast to check it out. And that's it for today's show. I'll see you all next week on My Haunted Life podcast. Bye.